This is Gunstar Heroes for the Apple iOS. I'm playing it on a third generation iPod Touch. And I picked this up for 99 cents in the App Store, although the sale is over and it's back up to $2.99. Gunstar Heroes is one of my all-time favorite Sega Genesis games. It is amazing. And it looks and sounds beautiful. And the graphics and sounds are brought to you on this portable platform perfectly. Now the original version on the Sega Genesis has extremely tight controls which makes it an amazing game, uh, frankly. Now the way I'm playing it now is using the accelerometer so when I tilt the iPod to the right my guy moves to the right, when I tilt it left he goes left, when I tilt it back he looks up when I tilt it towards me, uh, he crouches down. So you can do the uh, crouching slide move or the jumping up in the air dive attack. And it takes a lot of getting used to. And I imagine if a person was willing to put hours and hours into uh, picking up this new method of control, you could get okay at it. But there's something to really be said for a d-pad and the absolute precision that a lifetime of using a d-pad and familiarity with it will give you the almost instinctive nature of uh, being able to use a d-pad and as you see I'm doing very poorly uh, playing this game without the use of a d-pad but thankfully Sega also gave you the option of using an on-screen D-pad, which we can go ahead and take a look at here. Now at any moment you can access this option screen where you can calibrate your accelerometer controls, which is what those levels are for, or you can turn them off and use the virtual D-pad. While the D-pad gives you a little more control, look at that big grubby finger in the way. Each one of my thumbs is covering about one-sixth of the screen. Now, if you'll notice, your character runs across the bottom plane where your thumbs are at. So, at the best of times, he's right in between your thumbs. And even then, a lot of enemies appear on screen in the bottom left and bottom right hand corner. The vast majority of them spawn there. So, look at the hard time I'm having keeping track of all the stuff going on on the screen. Now a lot of this has to do with how chaotic Gunstar Heroes is. There's a lot of action going on on the screen. And with all this action you truly need very responsive and accurate controls which you do not get with a virtual d-pad. You need that tactile response. You need to feel something more than a flat surface. 
but the biggest downside is how much of the screen is obscured with that virtual d-pad but luckily Sega did not leave us hanging and they have they've thought ahead and there is the option to reduce the size of the screen so that the virtual controls are not really obscuring as much uh, screen space as they are right now so let's go ahead and take a look at that by bringing up the menu and hitting switch view you can make the screen a little bit smaller and keep the virtual d-pad and buttons uh, out of your way and I actually find this to be the best way to play it but that makes an already small screen even smaller which brings its own host of problems for playing a game like Gunstar Heroes but this is definitely the most playable way to play the game and I actually found myself enjoying it quite a bit finally managed to beat that first boss and uh, make my way to another stage and I can see with a little bit of practice being able to actually go through the entire game like this now do I think 299 is a good price yes I would I would say if you're a fan of Gunstar Heroes and you want something to mess around with on your phone this is a good option if this is the only way you're able to play Gunstar Heroes uh, maybe not wait to see if it's on sale definitely the game is Mondo Cool it's just the platform is not an exact fit for it this game also features Bluetooth two-player support which as of yet I've not been able to test but look forward to testing it out in the future all in all 299 is an okay price for this game but if you see it for sale for 99 cents go ahead and pick it up Where were you on 9999? If you answered in your bunker preparing for the world's eventual collapse due to the Y2K crisis, you were wrong. You should have been in line picking up your Dreamcast on Dreamcast launch day, 9999. In North America, that is the release date. Apparently it was supposed to bring great luck, and it was a catchy little marketing thing. The Dreamcast launch is one of the most successful console launches of all time. These things were flying off the shelves. Now one of the biggest innovations you always hear thrown around is that the Sega Dreamcast is the first console to support, right out of the box, online gameplay, which is very cool. Back then it came with a 56k modem, which is pretty standard. You know, most people, you know, everyone pretty much had dial-up back then. There were a few rich people that uh, had high-speed uh, broadband internet. Later on, eventually, Sega would release the broadband adapter, which you can tell is different. This is LAN right there, and this is so eventually it was possible for some Dreamcast games to support high-speed internet. Now, one of the only things you can really use this for today is the version 3 web browser, which is the only one that supports broadband. Now, I've been trying to track one down. All the ones that I've burnt will not work, period. I've tried a million times, I've tried a million different uh, CD media, you know, different brands, and I just have absolutely piss-poor luck, so I'm stuck with this broadband adapter and not able to really test it. <laughs> Big bummer, man. But the reason I want so badly to get this online and use the web browser 
is so that I can download JPEGs to the VMU. Now the VMU, the virtual memory unit, is the main method of saving games for the Sega Dreamcast. Now this looks like a little handhold console. It's got an LCD screen and, you know, buttons and a D-pad, and that's because it is. Some games will let you download little mini-games. And some of them, I don't know if any were actually released, but, you know, would let you play two-player games. That's, you know, why you can do this little number. These bad boys would run on two CR2032 batteries, which have nothing to do with saving your game. So if the battery dies or you have no batteries in here, it still works. These use flash memory to save your games. Now, the downside to the VMU is there's not much storage, so I have like eight of these things sitting around. Now, I don't, I don't even have that many Dreamcast games. And the main thing I want to download JPEGs to my VMU for is for Jet Grind Radio, one of the best games on the system. You roll around on rollerblades and tag things. And if you download a JPEG, you can actually use that as a customized tag, and I want so desperately to be able to do that. So it's kind of a bummer that I can't find the version 3 web browser to use my freaking uh, broadband adapter. Now, you'll notice that uh, the Dreamcast is sitting majestically on top of a mouse and keyboard. And that's one of the main reasons that this uh, console having four ports built in is super handy. It lets you use a controller plus the mouse and keyboard so you can navigate menus and use the mouse and keyboard to play games. Now, you could also use this for uh, your web browsing. So, it's, it's very much felt like a cheap PC at times. And, uh, you know, this thing actually says Windows uh, CE on the front of it, but there's actually no operating system built into the Dreamcast. The operating system is built onto the disk, and it loads the operating system into memory. So, the Dreamcast was basically upgradable out of the box. So, newer versions of operating systems could be updated on the game disk, which is, I don't know, I just think that's very cool. And, uh, forward thinking. Now, let's take a bit better look at the, uh, Dreamcast controller. Now, I personally, I like the way it looks, and I like the way the, uh, analog stick feels, but the way you grab it and hold it is very uncomfortable because your hands kind of turn in, whereas I think they should sort of flare out for maximum comfort. So, yeah, not really digging the uh, grips, but the triggers feel nice and smooth. The, uh, yeah, that is nice. I like how fluid it is. Great D-pad. I, I kind of miss the Sega 6 button thing. Like, I would have liked to seen, you know, a few more buttons, and uh, that would have been nice. But, uh, the VMU plugs into the controller. You have two VMU ports, so you can plug in your memory, and you can also have uh, different accessories, like for some online games, you could use a microphone that would plug in right here, or you can plug in a rumble pack. Now, one of my favorite games that utilize the uh, keyboard is Typing of the Dead. Very, very Sega-like software. Very quirky and unique. Something that, you know, is what made Sega Sega. Something that's lacking in today's uh, current market. You know, just that real quirky, what-the-heck-is-going-on-here type of games. Now, if you look at the software I chose for the backdrop, there's a lot of great games. You've heard me talk a little bit about Shenmue and the first episode of Mondo Cool TV. 
Jet Grind Radio is another one of those games where it had just this real impressive cell shading uh, graphical appeal. It's where it's still visually stunning today. Just the colors and the art style are gorgeous, and I don't think they will ever uh, look bad. You know, it's just like a real timeless look. Fantasy Star Online. That was a lot of people's introduction to online gaming, and that was one of the most popular games on the Dreamcast. You and a couple of buddies could log into the servers, go on quests together, level up, kill monsters. Great time. Grandia is just an RPG that I had, and I, was, I like the way it looks. It's a good game. There's a PS2 port, and uh, you're probably better off playing that, honestly. But Grandia is a pretty kick-ass game. There's nothing bad about it. Um, lots of great software. Now, because of this uh, system's cult status and how easy it is for it to play burnt games, the first batch of Dreamcasts out of the box will play uh, burnt games that boot off the disc, you know, quite easily. So, there's a healthy and active homebrew community. People are still programming games for it today that you can uh, freely download and burn. I've covered some of those games on my YouTube channel, and I will talk about them in an upcoming episode of Mondo Cool TV. So, the Dreamcast had a lot of interesting features, a lot of firsts. Uh, Half-Life, I believe. Yeah, Half-Life 2. No, I'm wrong. Half-Life was uh, basically finished, but never released. And after the Dreamcast was, you know, officially dead, things like that started showing up on the internet. Like, Propeller Arena is another basically finished but unreleased game that's floating around on the internet that you can easily download and burn. Half-Life 2 has a glitch where every time you save, the file gets bigger and bigger, but it is running and playable on the Dreamcast. And one of the cool things about it is you can use the mouse and keyboard combo to play that game. Unreal Tournament. You can, uh... I believe it's Unreal Tournament 3, I'm not sure. One of the Unreal Tournament games, you can actually uh, play with a mouse and keyboard too. So being able to play a first-person shooter with a mouse and keyboard on a home console was something that was new at the time. And that's one of the things that I think is really impressive, but doesn't get, you know, a lot of mention. Because I actually like going through those games on the Dreamcast. Um, yes, that's... That's why this is number six on the top ten console countdown of all time. Great games. Sega's last hurrah into the home console market. And, you know, there's just so many games that are unique to Sega. And, uh, you know, you can pick these up for 20 bucks, and I recommend it. You know, I see them on my Craigslist all the time for 20 bucks. Pick one up. Just make sure that the games that it comes with are not burnt games. I see this all the time. Piracy on the Dreamcast was rampant. Like, everyone that had a Dreamcast pirated games. Everyone. People still do it. And from time to time, I'd say about half the time on Craigslist, I see Dreamcasts listed with, comes with 60 games, and then they'll all be CDRs. So be wary of that. Make sure that they're actual games. A CDR is basically worthless. Never, ever pay for a burnt game because 
you can burn a game, you know, for the cost of a blank CD, which is like five to ten cents these days. So be wary of that. But that is why the Dreamcast is number six on the top ten console countdown. Game Shop Story! Oh, hey, Watermelon. You stuck working too? Man, bro, how come I never get Christmas off like everyone else? I bet Sammy's at home playing that fatty-ass Game Boy. Your face is a fatty. Holy crap! How'd you know I was talking shit? Whoa, go back to cutting yourself and masturbating to Symphony of the Night. Eat a dick. Symphony is a masterpiece, and I don't want to hear about what you do in your free time. God, Alucard, you're such a fanboy. Shut the fuck up before I punch you in the throat. I heart you, Alucard. Oh yeah, where was I? Oh, I know, celebrating peace and mirth. Hey, whoa, why are you wearing a Santa hat? Whoa, bro, don't you know? Only douchebags and lonely girls in Christmas sweaters wear Santa hats. Well, I'm really worried about you this time. You're like that drunk bitch at every Christmas party. Or some Fred Durst-looking guy that listens to fucking Nickelback. What the hell's wrong with you, man? Whoa, if Jesus saw you in a Santa hat, he would smite you with his laser vision. I mean, serious. Are you fucking Santa? No. Well, then get that thing off your head. You look like a fucktard. <laughs> die, bitch, die! Continue. Hey, uh, Watermelon, do you think you would, uh, have sex with me? This is the Sega Dreamcast mouse and keyboard controllers. And for the most part, this is just, you know, the same old mouse and keyboard, except for it ends with the Dreamcast-style uh, plug-ins. Now, the game that I have that I'm going to be playing today with the mouse and keyboard is Unreal Tournament which is a first-person shooter. Back in the Dreamcast's heyday, there was actual online play, and this is one of the few games that supported the uh, broadband adapter, which you can see on the back of the uh, case there that broadband adapter is one of the things that supported. Sadly, there is no uh, private servers for this game. I believe one of the few games that you can actually still play besides Fantasy Star Online, which despite lots of effort I've never been able to uh, make happen is uh, shoot, what is it? Quake Arena 3, I believe. It is one of the few uh, games that still has private servers going. It's a little bit easier than Fantasy Star from what I uh, understand to get up and running. But today I'm going to be playing a little bit of Unreal Tournament. I just wanted to show that the mouse and keyboard controller option, where you use WASD controls for the uh, forward, backward, and left and right strafing, and spacebar for jump, or you can use this third mouse button down here to jump, and then you've got shoot, and uh, if the gun has like a second type of uh, thing, you use right mouse click. Now, I do have a Dreamcast controller here so that I can navigate through menus. I've already got the game booted up, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, tape a little bit of me playing the game. So, let's go ahead and take a look at that. This is gameplay from Unreal Tournament. 
recorded from my Dreamcast using the mouse and keyboard controls. Now specifically, my mouse does have a few issues, and it's, you know, an, a ten-year-old mouse. And I've thoroughly cleaned it, I've taken it apart, make sure everything's clean, and I think I just have certain issues with this mouse, and I would like to get another one. Uh, specifically, I have a problem uh, going left and uh, trying to look up. We've all used those old mice. Now see, what I personally wish is that uh, it was an optical mouse, or that in, there was an optical mouse solution, or that I could rig up some sort of uh, homebrew hack job uh, laser mouse for my Dreamcast. That would be excellent, because for pretty much just as long I've been using an optical mouse for the past ten years, and they're uh, way less finicky. You never have to clean them, you never have that, you know, you're trying to move your, you know, little aiming reticule left and, you know, have issue. But, for a very large portion of the game, it was working perfectly, and I think you just have to, like, hold the mouse in a specific way. So, that's why some of this gameplay doesn't look ultra smooth. But, I definitely see where PC gamers are coming from and why they prefer using the mouse and keyboard combo. At least for the mouse's uh, role in that control scheme. I'm not a fan of the WASD controls. I would rather use an analog stick for that movement. Because, uh, you know, I've been playing video games for 25 years almost. And I've always controlled my directions with a thumb. Be it a D-pad, or, you know, an analog stick on a PlayStation or Xbox. You pretty much always use your left thumb. And, uh, so that's just way more intuitive than using your forefinger, middle finger, and ring finger to use the controls on a keyboard. That's, that's just me. Um, but using a mouse is very smooth and very accurate and very fast. This game is very much... The title's very fitting. Uh, it's basically set around all multiplayer, and you just work your way up the different maps on increasing difficulty. First person to 20 kills wins. And this is one of those things that I would have loved to have played 10 years ago and have a Sega Net account and play online. And it's one of the few games that uses the broadband adapter. So it's kind of a shame that there are no private servers for Unreal Tournament. That's a little bit of a bummer. And I looked, and there aren't any. But it's kind of interesting playing a console first-person shooter using a mouse and keyboard. It's nice to have that option. I know Half-Life 2 on the PlayStation 2 will let you use a mouse and keyboard, which I think is cool. And something I'd like to see happen on modern uh, consoles. Your Xbox 360s, your your Nintendo Wii's, your PlayStation 3's, all have at least two USB ports. There's absolutely no logical reason that you can't have that as an option on every game, but at least of all, every first-person shooter. There's no reason you can't have that control scheme in there 
without too much trouble, you know? So there's a couple, and I'd like to hear about that in the comments. But, uh... That's something that I like to say. It's always nice to have options. There's no need to limit yourself, you know? But this this has been a quick look at the Dreamcast's uh, mouse and keyboard combo. The way I set up this game is I use the controller to navigate the menus, but you can use the mouse and keyboard uh, for that as well, so you don't really need to have a controller plugged in other than to save. That is how you make a start screen for your video game. This is Typing of the Dead for the Sega Dreamcast. This is another one of the games that uses the keyboard peripheral to great effect. Now, if you've ever played House of the Dead 2, this is the exact same game. Except for, instead of a light gun, you have to type at zombies furiously with your giant battery-packed Dreamcast backpack which is definitely not the most ridiculous video game premise ever. How could this happen? Listen to that brilliant voice acting. How could this happen? I don't know, you tell me, bud. But somehow, typing murders the crap out of these zombies. And this is an excellent way to practice your typing skill. The only problem I found is, generally, where I do most of my typing is in Skype or AOL Instant Messenger. So, I find that I don't use a lot of punctuation. I just, you know, hit enter to send the message and that punctuates it. So, this expects you to capitalize and punctuate correctly. So, generally, when I do have to punctuate, I find myself having to look at the keyboard and, uh, words that have a hyphen I don't know where that is. Like, you, to play this game, you have to be a decent touch typist. And that means you don't look at the keyboard when you type. And I can do that to some degree. But, like I said, anything that's, uh, you know, punctuation or the hyphen, you know, the colon and semicolon and all that, I have to look. So it's very frantic when you're looking at the screen you see what it says and you're trying to type it and then you reach a stumbling point where you're supposed to hyphen a word and you're like, oh crap, where is it, where is it, and you gotta look down. So it turns into being a very intense, pulse-pounding, exhilarating game. And you wouldn't think that from a typing tutor. Um, I've heard stories of people playing this at conventions and it being extremely popular just because of the... Uh, you know, very intense what-the-heck factor, where, uh, you know, like, what is that? You're typing to kill zombies? Let me give it a shot. And, uh, which makes sense, you know? I'm not sure if you can, uh, play multiplayer, but I don't see why not. I, I, I would imagine that'd be very fun. Um, you can see the characters there where they've got the Dreamcast with the battery on their back and the keyboard strapped to their chest so that they can uh, type and destroy these zombies. Now this boss in particular was extremely challenging because you're only supposed to attack it while the uh, 
giant gaping hole in its chest is open. And this particular boss fight was loaded with punctuation and hyphens and crap. <laughs> it was an extreme challenge. And, uh... Yeah, so I did a lot better when I wasn't recording. That's always how it goes. You always do better when you're recording a game. Like, Buzzworthy, where it's got the hype in there. Um, I really stumbled over that. And then once you lose your mojo, a finger, you know, your fingers on the keyboard are like one space to the right or left, and you're just completely thrown off. And like, ah, come on, what's going on? What's going on? It's a very, very fun game. If you own a Dreamcast... I would definitely recommend getting the keyboard and a copy of this game. It's definitely a lot of fun, and I like to load this game up from time to time and give it a shot. A lot of the times you'll find that the phrases and words that it throws at you are really funny and random. And the words are random every time you play. At least I haven't noticed a pattern. You know, I haven't played the game that much, but every time I've played it, it's always been different words. And, uh, so it's always a bit of a challenge. You can't just memorize the words and go through and, uh, clean up. So, definitely, if you own a Dreamcast, this is a must-own game. I have way more fun playing this than you would think. And with Typing of the Dead, you don't have to worry about having an HDTV and the light gun's compatibility with a modern television. So that's another plus, too. And it's something to show off to your friends, like, hey, check this out. I can type to murder zombies. Definitely give this game a Mondo pool.